You're listening to the weekly Joel Klatt segment podcast. Listen to it live every Wednesday between 8 and 8.30 a.m. during the football season. Presented exclusively by Audi Flatirons in Broomfield. Exceeding your experience from the first mile to the last. Joel Klatt, presented by Audi Flatirons, joins us for his uh, weekly visit. Good morning, Joel. Good morning. What's going on, boys? Oh, yeah, I feel like i got to come in and, and break this yeah, up. I know. This I, is I, a... L- this elements is a, of this are like you're you're both kind of right, but I love the argument. Yeah. All right, so how are we both right? Well, I mean, yeah, it's an admission that the Broncos are not at the top end of the AFC, but it's not waving the white flag that that they're absolutely terrible. And I actually think that this move has little to do with this season, and more. It's an admission to this is a good, not great player. We don't want to pay him like a great player, in particular with an injury history. And in particular, when we've got so much money um, in, in the future and in the coming years that's going to be funneled to our quarterback, this is admission in, in roster construction. They understand that they have to get way more for way less. And so draft picks are the currency in which Denver has to build their roster with. And I think that that getting a first-rounder versus the third-round compensatory, and you don't have to pay Bradley Chubb over what his production is going to be, you know, it, it's more along the lines of, of that. I, I think that there was a very small window for Chubb to remain a Bronco for the entirety of the season, and that was like an, an undefeated run, a 7-1 and one run, where it's like, well, we respect the championship window, and we're going to keep it open, and we'll take the third-round compensatory. And then anything outside of that, there was this acknowledgement that, like, this guy is not in our long-term plans, period, period. Regardless of how the season is going from from a, you know, I would say a reality standpoint. I think that they thought they would be 5-3, and three, maybe 6-2 and two at this point, or hope they would be that. Even at 5-3, and three, I think that they make this move because of the long-term plan. They don't want to pay this guy over what his production has been or will be moving forward. Uh, I got to ask you, rolling out of last weekend and what we saw with Russell Wilson in three touchdown drives where he was actually really good, um, some of the simplistic, you know, first day installation, running scat Hank and running some, uh, you know, some snag yeah. outs. And I mean, it was really, to me, it was really first day installation stuff. We go back to, but the, here's what I took encouragement through, Joel, is he didn't turn it down. And you say this all the time, and I'm a big believer in this. You never go broke making a profit, and I believe this for for Nathaniel Hackett. When things aren't going right, simple down. Make it as simple as possible. Let your players play at their without having to think about things. I thought that for me was kind of one takeaway. The other takeaway was he got off of trying to force it to Cortland Sutton, who's been a diminished player since he hurt his ACL, and got Jerry, Judy, and Hamler more involved. And I think those those two factors were key to the Broncos actually starting to establish some offense. What was your take? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny that you say that because I had, I had two takeaways from the game from an offensive perspective. Um, simplicity equals tempo. And by tempo, I don't mean like how fast you're snapping the ball. I'm talking about with the urgency in which the concepts are being executed. You've got to play fast at this level, uh, and, and you've got to execute at a high level. And in order to do that, sometimes you have to pare it down. Because, you know, like like Last Samurai, you know, like too many minds, right? Like nah. you can't think out there on the field. You have to be in a reactionary mode. And so when you're able to pare it down and you get some of the, the schematics 
into a place where it is day one type of stuff. And I, I agree. Like, you could run. Guys, I mean, I know it sounds crazy. I could run Scat Hank tomorrow. Yes. Right? Like, because it's just like a part of you. You could block wide zone. Well, I don't know about wide zone. Let's say inside zone tomorrow. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, because it's just a part of you. But you, you get what I'm saying. And, and when you allow the players to be in that mode, they play faster. And when you play faster, you have a, a, a much higher degree uh, or probability that you're going to succeed. So that's number one. And then number two, to your point, you say he wasn't turning it down. What I what I kind of jotted down and was thinking to myself is he's allowing the system to work for him versus him forcing mm-hmm. his will onto the system. And mm-hmm. and this is where, you know, I think quarterbacks have to toe a fine line of, of you've got to manage the game and you've got to be a playmaker all in the same breath and sentence but in order to be a playmaker i think that you have to depend on the system so you've got to plug yourself into the system and manage it well you can't so you you say don't turn it down to me it just means throw the ball where the system tells you to throw the ball and when it's there you do it and you do it on time regardless of whoever is it is that you're throwing to and, and you let the chips fall where they may. And, and generally speaking, the quarterbacks that do that succeed at a high level and play and execute at a high level. Real quick reference to what I'm talking about. In the Super Bowl with the Patriots and the Rams, and I've, and I've talked about this before, Josh McDaniels called the same play out of an empty set, I believe it was three or four times in a row, and, and really what ended up being the game-winning drive and the, the Brady touchdown pass to Gronkowski in that Super Bowl. But it was the exact same concept, like three or four times in a row. Every single time, the Rams tried to change their defense and gave Brady a different look. And Brady did not force it to an individual. He threw the ball where the defense dictated he throws the ball to, and he did it on time regardless of who he was throwing the ball to. And that's a game manager. And I thought that's how Russell was playing versus trying to force it to an individual or force right. his will onto the system. Yeah, so, you, oh, I, I, I would just tell you this: like we talked about, Scat Hank, which is a day one installation play, and you know you're throwing it off that middle linebacker. If he squeezes to the you know to the guy who spots over the ball, then you throw it to the curl opposite that, and if he the guy you know extends the defender extends to the curl you throw it to the guy that spots over the it's pretty like it's a pretty simple standard concept yeah i mean i can i can explain it to you like very very simply you you've got a a spot route right over the football he's not breaking any direction okay so there's there's no movement based on man or zone and that's the hank okay and Mm -hmm. it can be run by the tight end the z you can call anybody into the hank route right but it's not just the mike linebacker it's the two linebackers okay so you're looking at the the, the number one and the number two linebacker weak to strong, if they split, the Hank gets the ball immediately. One, two, three, four, Correct. five, bam. And you just drill them like you're playing darts in a bar, okay, usually a dive bar. And you drill the Hank and you just take the five, six, seven, eight yards, boom. Then what generally starts to happen is one of the backers will catch the Hank, okay? And so then you play to the catch side curl flat. So you've yes. got curl flat on each other side. Now, scat just means that you're in a scat protection, which means your back's are not going to check and then release. So you've got a pure curl flat on each side. means you've got a side adjust to the Hank. You've also got two basically hot routes on the flat controls on each side of the ball. So at that point, you're just reading catch side, and then it's just a very simple curl flat read, and all you have to do as a quarterback to adjust 
is just hitch up in the pocket. So the clock goes from a quick five and firm to the hang, bang, I'm throwing darts. Now I've got a catch. I'm going to stretch out. I'm going to reach a little bit, and now I'm going to firm up, and I'm going to close. And that hitch step allows me to go catch side and read high low to the curl flat. Very simple stuff. You can basically run Hank all the way down the field. I don't know why coaches don't normally do it, but that's what he's talking about. Hey, during the uh, during your conversation, because you explained it a lot better than I do, because I have a, a very general sense of what to do. I took my shirt off. Yeah, I'm just I'm we, we cracked. I'm not gonna. We, we cracked the window. We, we cracked the window. And I took my shirt off. This is that was oh, beautiful. This listen, is. Uh, listen, does anybody have a cigarette? Yes, yeah, I could. Talk, I could talk scat I'm, Hank I'm, with uh, you. Uh, you know, don't even get me into a. Uh, don't even get me into a snag concept no, because then, boy, I, Hanks, you know, oh, Hanks, forget about Hanks it. and oh, snags. I, I feel like I'll, listen, I'll be in I, my I, underpants. You know what? I, I might. I might rip my shirt off right here. Man. I'm in the car on the 405. Yeah. I might rip my shirt off right now if we start talking about Dino. Oh, hey, I, I, could go I, I feel like, I could go Dino all I, I, day. I feel like long. Steve Levy in the middle of Dan Orlovsky and Lewis Riddick right now. Uh, all right, so big, big picture yeah. it for big picture it for me, you know Joel. What, Mike, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, big picture it for me as as you as you watch this thing develop over the first half of the season, second half of the season coming our way. Are you confident? Not confident? Totally no belief in all that this can work out between Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, very little belief. I think, I think it's been laid bare that, that Nathaniel Hackett is, is in over his head. Um, now having, having said that, I, I really hope that it changes. I hope that, uh, last week was an indicator of, of that change and, and movement towards what we would call efficiency and more quality play. Um, I, I will tell you this though, you know, when, when the more you read, what comes out of Seattle and the perception of what Russell was, the more I think about just like back in our dating days when it's like, Hey, you know, you, you, you find this girl and you're like, man, you know, she's really attractive. And there was like the rumors of like the, you know, everyone's like, Oh yeah, but she's, you know, she's kind of difficult. And I don't know if you want to, she's kind of crazy. Right. And you're like, no, 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 no. Cause she's hot. Like, don't worry about it. Like, She's she getting that crazy, and then you start dating her, and you're and you're like, oh, this is what they were talking about. That's how I feel right now with Russell Wilson. Yeah, but you I know what, like, Joel? The people in Seattle need to shut up. I mean, you know, for ten years, I, they, I, mean, I don't disagree, for, for 10, but it doesn't make them wrong. Well, no, but for right? no, it like, does make them wrong. Be because, no, I don't disagree. For ten but years, it doesn't make them wrong. For ten years, they average ten wins a season. For the first nine, they average eleven wins per season. Okay, tell you what, over the next decade, put up that kind of record with another quarterback not named Russell Wilson. Then you can come talk to me about what a headache or what a, a quirky fella uh, Russell Wilson was. Until then, shut up. Yeah, but it's shut easy, up. It's yeah, easy no, to let Mike, go of the course. I get it, but my, my analogy still plays because, like I said, I let off with, she's hot. <laughs> like, so like, come on, man. Like I, I, I acknowledge that, right? It works, but there's some quirkiness there. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, it's late and telling you why you know you're crazy for thinking that she's late. Yeah, I mean, there's some craziness there, but she's hot. You're right about that. There is definitely some craziness there. There's no doubt about that. Hey, real quick, college football playoffs. Did they get it right with the uh, first college football playoff rankings? No, no, <laughs> not, not even, not, not even, even close. close. No, uh, the no, the brand bias in in our level of this sport is pretty egregious you know texas uh, uh i was about to say texas christian tcu 
is is ranked seventh. And if you were to give that their exact same resume, their exact same schedule, play every game the exact same way, and yet their name was Texas or Oklahoma, they would be no worse than fourth. And so, like this subjective four team invitational that we have. And this, this mockery of a committee that we have. And I know some people on it, by the way, and they're really good, good people. And some of them really know football. But that's a joke. Like, come on. Like, can you be more obvious in your brand bias than putting Clemson at four and oh. TCU at seven yeah. when they basically have the same resume and TCUs in every single category is just a little bit better? Like, you know, don't pee on my head and tell me it's raining. And that's the way I've felt for since the inception of this thing. And I can't wait till it expands. Okay. Are you confident, really quick, are you confident over the next several weeks it'll shake itself out so the right four end up being there? I don't, I don't know. You know, I, that, that remains to be seen. I think that there's, there's some, there is a path to some real chaos. I think that, you know, LSU being propped up at number 10, kind of out of the blue and, and what I think is, an outlier spot puts a real backstop behind Tennessee, even if they were to lose this week to Georgia. And so there's a, there's a scenario where Georgia beats Tennessee this week. Tennessee then wins out. Georgia then gets beat by Alabama. Alabama's the SEC champion, and yet Georgia and Tennessee each have only one loss. And you're sitting there, and you're like, well, should we get three teams from the SEC in here? So, like, do I think that should happen? No. I think that the – the, the entire structure of this four-team invitational is broken, and we need to blow it up, and we need to, to expand it and fix the structure of it. Thank you, Joel. Thanks, Joel. You're the best, guys. You're the best. I'm just going to be sitting in here thinking of Dino. All right. All right. Scat and Hank. Dino. Dino on the Love 405. The there he goes. Joel Clad, presented by Audi Flatirons. Hello, this is Ryan Watson, Vice President and General Manager of Audi Flatirons and Audi Boulder Service. When was the last time a dealership delivered the experience you were looking for? Have you ever felt that buying a car was solely about making the sale? It should be about the relationship, beginning with your commitment to do business with us and continuing through the years to follow. Our team is dedicated to exceeding your expectations from the first mile to the last. Come see us in person or visit us online at AudiFlatirons.com or AudiBoulderService.com.